Hello and welcome to the Keto Man's Club podcast. We're glad you're here, where each week we talk about men's health and lifestyle. We do so with the foundation of the ketogenic diet and lifestyle. If you don't know what keto is, stick around and you'll find out. Podcast will bring you real honest fun. Each week we strive to uncover the tips and tricks that you can use in your everyday life to maximize your overall health and find the clearest path to becoming the best version of yourself that you were meant to be. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Keto Man's Club podcast. My name is Chris and I'm here with the regular cast, Jim and Alberto. How's it going, Jim? Good, sir. Very glad to uh, be joining you once again for another... Where are we? I mean, maybe I'm jumping the gun. Are we into year two now of the podcast? Yes. Um, gracious. By, by quite a bit, actually. Let me go okay, back. Well, on I a... guess I'm old. Well, no, it's all, it's, it's all good. I've been a little busy. You're allowed. Uh, the, the first episode aired May 22nd. So we had recorded four before we even aired the first one. And okay. then this will air... Let's see. We're not that far ahead. <laughs> we are pretty far ahead, but we're we're not that far ahead. This will air in about six weeks from now, and it's the fifth. Let's see, sixth. Sixth. So, so yeah, this will definitely be airing after the year one is done, and that's really cool. Yes, so, it yeah. is. So yeah, things are. We are now officially into year two upon this recording. And so exciting times. The group is continuing to grow. Let's see. What what is the landmark that we're almost on? I meant to check that earlier. Let's see. We are halfway to 3,500 as far as that goes. So, yeah, we've been at 3,400 for a little while, and we will be at 3,500 before we know it probably. By the time this airs, I I would expect so. Awesome. Yep. Very cool. Okay, Alberto, what's going on with you? Oh, just uh, dealing with uh, it's getting hotter and hotter out. So I'm working on that. Uh, found a really good stride in my workout routine and macros. My what I call my new world order macros and new workout routine. So I, I found a new level of intensity there, and that's going quite well. And uh, just uh, another week, man. Another week. Yeah, you got back to a little bit of traveling this week after being stuck at home for a little while. I'm sure that. Yeah, felt- that was uh, it. Was interesting. A little bit of normalcy felt good, and I was able to find a hotel with a kitchenette, so I was able to go grocery shopping and did have I did go out for one meal, which was definitely interesting because it's just like a whole new world now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, not nothing too bad. It was uh, felt good. Drive out, drive back, get some stuff done, and then as soon as I got home, I was super busy again. So it's almost like that was like the switch <laughs> for my job, and yeah. it feels good. Yeah. I've been crazy busy as always. I'm actually in training as we record this for a new role at the day job. So exciting times there. And that has my schedule, of course, all changed up, which means that I have even less stability than <laughs> what I thought I had uh, for a couple of weeks. And I don't even know what my schedule will be here in a couple of weeks after the training is done. So we we shall see. But it, it's uh, schedule being set or not. Life is good. We keep pumping out great episodes. And tonight is going to be no exception to that. We've got another return guest. Jonathan Chain has joined, joined us. We'll uh, get him involved in the conversation here in a little bit. And we'll grill him on recent events and, and all of that. Let's dig into our picks of the week. Let's start with Alberto. I got a double. Am I allowed a double? Because I'm taking a sure. double. 
Well, you take a double, it, whether you're allowed it or not. Actually, mine is both uh, John Lesko and you, Chris. Ooh. John Lesko for, for posting about the possible, I think he said, what, Fitbit challenge. And then uh, we don't have Fitbits, but uh, <laughs> a few of us have Apple Watches. So mm-hmm. Chris set up some challenges for this month at the Apple Watch. And I'm proud to say that Spaceballs, the workout team, is in first place so far with uh, 2,062 points. No gym, no problem is in second place with 1,715 points. And we are in third, mm-hmm. the Keto Man's Club team, with 1,510 points. So yeah, we, we not, need to not too far off, but we yeah, got yeah. work to do. Yeah, we, we've got some work to do for sure. We've got to pull up. So, yeah, we, we've got a couple couple people doing really good. We've got to make sure we're hitting all our rings, getting them all filled after some of our coat. It's teams of four on this challenge application. It's a really cool thing that we do at work and it's kind of open to, to anyone though. And so it's nice to be able to, to have this and it does tie directly into the Apple watch and, and all of that. And so it's, it's really cool. May uh, I just ask that Jim is J I M or G Y M. Because no gym, no problem. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it, in this case, it's GYM, so okay. it's all good. It's a, yeah. it's a David Blaco's team. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, they started three days late, and they got their momentum going, and yeah. those guys are racking up some serious yes, points. <laughs> yes, they are. And it, there is a cap on how much you can do in a day, but it, it is... The, the, the no Michael Jordan clause? <laughs> yeah, something like that. So it's and then it, it's only made better whenever everybody filters our rings. Then you get that extra bonus. Everybody gets that that bonus, and then it's like compounding efforts. So it's it's a really cool thing. It's called the tra- challenge app. By the time this airs, we will be in a new month. We will start a new challenge each month, and it's really easy for me to set it up. So it's no big deal. We can do new teams each month and things like that. So it shouldn't be a big issue uh, there. And it's a great way to, to challenge each other. You can see each other's scores you can both within each other's teams as well as your own and be able to like spur each other on and i think berto i think i sent you a message at one point saying you're making us look bad dude <laughs> it was day like one was day one was a busy day it's tapered off a little since then <laughs> yeah it, it was like 10 o'clock in the morning he had all of his activity and like the only thing he had to do was continue to be upright for you know the majority of the rest of the day it was it was nice but yeah we've got cool stuff uh, going on in that app so let's continue with our picks of the week jim let's go on with you mine is a, a shout out for a towel and the reason I say it's <laughs> you, you already know where I'm going with this? Yes. yes. <laughs> so we have our we have our group TKMC beginners, new guys that are on the keto journey and everything. And and we do a Transformation Tuesday post each Tuesday, encouraging guys to share where they've been, where they've come from, and where they are currently, or whatever the case may be. And we have a, a member in the TKMC beginners group, Mark P., or yeah, Mark P., excuse me, who lives in Pennsylvania, that put a side-by-side photos up of himself. And he wrote that going out on a limb here, Never, I took these photos never having the intention of showing them to anyone. Starting weight last August, 237, current weight, 182. Now, we take pride in the trust level that is in our groups and everything. So when I saw Mark's photos, I literally kind of thought the Facebook police are going to come after us. Because Mark has done a side-by-side photo naked. And when (laughs) I looked at the before photo, I'm like, oh, my Lord. He 
there is everything showing right here. What he has done is he has taken a side photo, no clothes on, with a towel strategically placed in front. But when, again, when you're seeing the thumbnail type mm -hmm. image mm -hmm. on your phone for the first time, you're like, oh, <laughs> there's so many things wrong here right now that we need to. But then but, you then you open it up and then you zoom mm -hmm. and you're like, OK, now I'm a freak because I zoomed to see. what. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, uh, I, I was like, OK, I'm going to have I saw it like seconds before you start. You posted about it in the admin group. And, yeah. and I'm like, OK, so am I going to have to get my admin hat out on real quick or what, yeah. what's going on here? Yes. So, yeah. So we've we've talked in the group for the non-extreme language discussion we've talked about the d root that sometimes can be shown if you get up too close and personal with a mirror and so we don't have any of that in this photo big shout out though to mark he's dropped like around 50 pounds or so he's got a ring on in the before photo on his ring finger that he's had to move to his middle finger because he's lost so much weight in his hands and everything definitely a good job but yes my shout out is to the strategically placed towel <laughs> that we are all grateful for today mark so yes. thank you thank yes. you thank you yeah that's <laughs> it that's hard to hard to beat that, that's i'm hard sorry to beat. but yeah. oh, it's all good towel's been in my dreams last couple of days <laughs> Nightmares, maybe. <laughs> maybe nightmares, if nothing else. <laughs> so I am going to shout out a member of the main group, Kane Anderson. He posted a picture a few days ago, and he says, eight months, 130 pounds. This is wow. the result so far. And uh, just got, got a good couple face shots there, but he's looking good. Nice smile in the, in, in the after pick, and, and you can tell he's feeling good. And and you can tell he's he's lost weight in the face, and it's really great to, to see that. But that type of numbers in eight months, that means, number one, he had a lot to lose. Um, but number two, he's he's putting in the work and he's getting it done. And I highly expect to continue to see good things from him based on those types of results. Good deal. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we don't have much of a, a a topic of the week as far as anything current events. We just released Yogi's episode, and we totally went off the rails on the topic of the week. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll not rehash any of that. Hopefully, by the time this airs, most of at least the United States will be returning to some sort of normalcy on a day-to-day -day basis. This means I will have been at the gym by now. Yes, you will have. Mm -hmm. And um, I will be very happy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Even I, I was posting in a, in a comment earlier, I, and we've had the, the Stallbusters conversation in the past podcast, so we're not going to have it, but we, I was commenting on uh, one of my, our members' posts uh, talking about uh, that, and, and I said, I've seen some body composition change since I stopped hitting the gym and, and lifting weight. And I haven't lost or lost or gained much weight. I've just seen a change in, in where the weight is and how it hangs and things like that. And I'm craving getting back into the gym and doing some weight training. And it's all scheduling and mainly priorities more than anything else. So hopefully uh, we'll be able to, to see that because I, I want to be back in the gym myself. Uh, I still have that membership. I just need to use it. Okay. Well, that being said, let's go ahead and bring in John. John, welcome back to the show. I'm glad to be here, guys. Thanks for having uh, me on. Absolutely. So you've had a few things going on in your life since we last had you on the podcast. Yeah, it's been crazy. I think, yeah, 
actually, I don't remember exactly when I was on the podcast. When was that? I've got the uh, a while here. ago. <laughs> yeah, it was a while ago. That's yeah. like, there's a lie. Yeah, it's um, before you. November 7th of yeah. 2019. Yep. You oh, hadn't yeah. started your prep yet then. By the... No, I hadn't started. My... I had just started my own business, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, was, that's, that was a while back. So you, you've had a few things going on since then. So let's start out with the business side of things, just because that will be a nice little recap and, and uh, a nice launching off point. How is uh, coaching been so far on your own and uh, the trainings that you've been going through and stuff like that? You know, it, it's been really eye-opening, to be honest. It was ironic that right when I started my own company, I had been in ed- getting my education as a nutritional therapist practitioner for about a month. I'm now about to graduate in less than 30 days, and just so much has changed in my understanding of why our bodies respond so well to the ketogenic diet and low carb down to the cellular level, how all that works and how it affects our endocrine systems and our immune systems. So being able to like apply that to my clients and help them from more of a foundational overall health level um, rather than just the scale weight really fits my desires anyway. So that's been really eye opening and there's bio individuality and being able to like branch out and go, okay, this person might do better on a higher protein keto diet. This m- person might do better with more vegetables because that's how they get their fats in. And if they don't have those fibers, then their livers without a gallbladder just can't keep up with bowel production. And I'd rather them eat something grown from the ground than be stuck taking a pill every day before they eat. Mm-hmm. Being able to help them figure that out and optimize their keto journey has been really awesome to, to grow in and to help me grow as a coach. And, and yeah, it's just been awesome. Very, That's very it? cool. <laughs> very, very cool. Definitely something that is needed whenever you're going to be a coach is that ability to customize and, and grow with your client base and be able to meet each one of their individual needs, whatever those might be. Yeah, 100%. The corona thing has been interesting dealing with like clients and it's been much more of a uh, emotional job than a nutritional job because it's getting on the phone with them and helping them try to understand that motivation is fleeting and they have to have this vision and they want to become better coming out of the other side of it and dealing with the emotional side of dieting because I feel like this situation has made the emotional side of dieting so much more aware and apparent Mm -hmm. for us because a lot of us when we get stressed out or frustrated with our diet we go to work or we go to the gym right and we don't have any of those and so when we're stuck in our house and we're still trying to lose weight, we're kind of faced with those demons and like we actually have to deal with them, which I think is hard. But I also think it's been really sobering and good for a lot of people because when they squash them in this environment, they really squash them or they really learn how to deal with them. And so getting back in the real world when things like normalize, I think they're going to have such greater success with their control of like their tendencies and like whether they fall off or not and stuff. So, yeah. So one of the other things that we talked about whenever we uh, last spoke was homeopathic or more natural support-based options for testosterone and, and and helping your body produce more. Have you had any new discoveries since then, or what's that, that been like in the, the last six months or so? So no new discoveries, just reinforcement of what I learned to be true with the nootropics and those things working, I used them all during my prep. And while my testosterone definitely went down during my competition prep, like I, I didn't lose my sex drive or anything like that. And I was taking my nootropics every day. And so there was definitely like, like I obviously we didn't have access to blood panels, so I couldn't test my blood. Mm-hmm. But 
it was very obvious that things that usually were inhibited at that point were not being inhibited. So it just confirmed the knowledge that I knew. And then I would say also that from a nutritional therapist uh, standpoint, things I have learned are things like stress management and digestion are two big role players in our ability to balance and create sex hormones. So just quick science. So basically, when you digest things, if you don't have enough stomach acid, and that stomach acid can be mildly produced not enough, either by being distracted, like you're rushing or you're on your phone while you eat, or maybe drinking too much water or too, too many carbonated beverages while you eat. And once that's diluted, then the food doesn't get acidic enough to trigger certain enzymes for fatty acids to get absorbed properly. When that happens, you don't have the building blocks really to build sex hormones. So that's one issue. So even though you're eating a bunch of fats on the keto diet, you could still be fatty acid deficient. And then the second one is stress life management. People don't realize that your body will choose survival over making babies. And so (laughs) if your cortisol is running rampant every day and you don't take time to be in a parasympathetic state, basically that just means relaxed and try to manage your stress well, and you're chronically stressed, your body will literally strip nutrients that it would use to make progesterone and testosterone to make more cortisol because it's much more interested in you surviving so that it can make babies later than make babies while you're getting stabbed by the tiger that's in the room. And so I think those are those are probably the two biggest things that have become much more apparent to me is the nutritional and the life management side of creating hormone balance nice <laughs> man so what else have you had going on i heard uh, you were doing a little bit of a little bit of bodybuilding prep maybe oh yeah yeah so i went on this crazy eye-opening adventure of my second competition prep and it did not go the way i expected it whatsoever and it really it it, it it challenged me and it changed me it, it, it matured me in a lot of ways we saw you at NACA, and obviously this was well, late last year sometime, so it was definitely before you started your prep. And uh, why don't we start with what weight did you start at and what weight did you end up at and, and kind of take us through that process and what, what your game plan was, how nutritional therapy played into it, and if you were able to kind of stay on plan with uh, what the timeline you had figured out was. Yeah, for sure. So my starting weight was 232. When I was at NACA, I weighed 230 pounds. I think I put on two pounds after that. And I remember because I weighed myself right before I drove to Dallas. So I know I weighed 230. Um, (laughs) My lowest I got down to was 180.9. But I did my electrolytes and my my refeed and my peaked for my photo shoot. And so I go with that weight. So it was like 183.2. So I lost about 49 pounds is was basically what I say. It was pretty crazy. So the general plan was to start at high fat because that's just something that I've always loved. So high fat, find my protein uh, sensitivity, like where the protein started to mess with me and make me lethargic and things like that. Hold that, cut down. And then kind of like, I really wanted to learn my body too. Cause like the thing is that I was being quite aggressive, like 50 pounds in six months, like People that have hundreds of pounds to lose, 50 pounds in six months is quite common, especially when they really chunk calories. But for someone that, I mean, I definitely had fat to lose, but I wasn't like super heavy. And and the very end of that 50 pounds was a very lean me. So it gets really hard, those last like 15 pounds of fat. And in that respect, it was a very aggressive cut. And so I had to like implement things like more aggressive calorie drops. So I wasn't like slowly titrating down all the time. Like I wasn't going like 50 calories a week. There were weeks I would chop it by 200, but I started refeeds like 
six weeks into my cut. I was doing refeeds every week for like, I think the prep was 23 weeks and I think at week six, so over 70, 60% of it every week I was doing a refeed. And I even got down to two refeeds a week, probably about five weeks out. Uh, a study came out and said that two day refeeds per week showed more fat burning and of course all i thought was more food it helped but <laughs> my head wasn't in the right place when i decided to do it but when i did it it worked and i was like thank god this worked because i was not doing it for the right reasons i was just excited a good excuse to eat more food i even use that with clients now and it works great so maybe one of you guys don't go on a diet break but maybe try two day refeeds if you're stalled if you're listening to this it might help but so that happened and then one big thing that changed for me was my protein it was really interesting I was trying to find my protein threshold. And when I first ever did like DSK, like deeper state keto, it was like 76. So after 76, I just felt weird. But I don't know if it's because I'm more fat adapted. I don't know if it was the nootropics. I don't know what triggered this physiological change in me. But I just kept going, dude. I got all the way down to like 66% fat before I started to feel any effects of like what I felt before, like lethargic or anything. In fact, by the time I started to feel bad from protein at all, I was so low in calories that it didn't even really matter. Because like, even if I had my fat, I was still like this tired, miserable, irritable troll under the bridge. And I, I think it was like six weeks out. I just, I, I was like, what? I'm already high in protein. I already feel like garbage. I just need more food. And you know what? Let's just shoot up my protein and let's make my refeeds like high fat days. I'll just do like fat feeds. And then I'll do five days of higher protein. So I shot my protein up more. I think I got it to like, it was like, I was like 55% fat. So still fat is fat fueled, but definitely way higher protein, like 160 grams of protein. And like, I think it was like 90 grams of fat. And that's what I did for the last like four weeks. And I mean, it worked. I, I definitely, I got the leanest I've ever gotten in my life. I, I was able to get through it, even though I had been dieting aggressively more aggressive than the last prep because like I had like protein ice creams and like these voluminous foods that were full of protein that that helped and obviously the thermogenic effect and stuff and it's interesting because like one of our good friends keto savage he did this really good presentation at keto summit talking about like thermogenics of protein versus the cognitive benefits of higher fat and how you perform better with the higher fat. And I 100% agree with him on that. I think that higher fat is definitely what's needed for performance. But I think where I was at in my prep and because I was at home stuck in a garage, I wasn't motivated. Like whatever, like I might as well just take advantage of the thermogenic effects and just push myself. And every day was just like, it was definitely hard, but it was crazy to see how my body adjusted to that higher protein. So much so that like now with my reverse diet, which we can get into, I'm like slowly increasing my fat. I've just been holding my protein really high. And every week I feel a little better mentally, but I've been able to, I would say for the most part, maintain the muscle mass that I had, even though I'm, I don't have access to a gym right now. And I haven't had access to a gym for like eight weeks. So that's in a little nutshell, the prep. Yeah. So obviously the, the show got canceled. Oh yeah. And, uh, I forgot all of that. <laughs> yeah. And what, what were you able to do to try to stay motivated? Cause you ended up doing a photo shoot, right? Like instead of having show day, you had photo shoot day. Correct. Correct. Which so, is, which is a phenomenal idea because you, I mean, what, like, what else are you going to do? But you, you stuck to it, which is awesome. Explain how you were able to keep yourself motivated and keep pushing through and when that little carrot they were dangling in front of you just got snatched away yeah dude it sucked bro it really sucked when when you because like man 
I'm gonna get emotional. Why you gotta go and ask me all the deep questions? I just wanted to skip that part. So, like, people don't. Some people like that that know me and have been on followed me on this journey. They don't really realize that, like, for me, this journey started in September of 2018. Like, September of 2018 was the beginning, right after my last prep, my last bodybuilding competition. I got off that stage and was like, okay, next time I'm taking it serious. And I'm taking it serious starting now. I started facing my eating disorders and like getting that all under control and putting on the weight I needed to put on and putting on the muscle I needed to put on. And September 2018, all the way until, you know, March of 2020, I had been working towards this, these 15 seconds I was going to get on the stage and try to win a pro card. And literally like a month and a half before it happens, I would get to this email and it's like, your show's canceled. And I kind of knew it was coming. It's not like, the corona popped up on the news and I got an email. Hey, my show's canceled. It was kind of like everything was like shutting down, like the gyms and everything. And I was like, okay, I just have a feeling that this is not going to happen. And so it, it got canceled and it was gut-riching, man. But I would say it took me about a day because I had kind of anticipated it. So it wasn't like I wasn't like super, super depressed because I had come to the acknowledgement that like, yeah, I w- I'm competitive, and yeah, I wanted to kick everybody else's butt on stage, and yeah, I wanted a pro card, and yeah, I wanted the trophy. But at the end of the day, bodybuilding is a you versus you sport. In fact, life is a you versus you sport. And as long as I'm better than I was yesterday, as long as I was better than I was the week before, as long as once I hit my goal, I was better than I was the last time I hit my bodybuilding goal, then I'm good. And so... I started looking for a photo shoot guy, asked him, asked around, found a dude, asked him if he'd set up a photo shoot. He was open the 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 date that the bodybuilding show was, which we had to reschedule a week early, which is a whole other thing. It was just crazy. So I actually had it a week earlier than I was supposed to. But regardless, I walked into that photo shoot room knowing with confidence that I had beaten myself in literally every way. I'm talking, I had like measurement measurements copied and stuff from that year spreadsheets i would watch like i literally started competing against myself the last six weeks like i would like look at my old weight on that date for that month and i'd look at mine and i'd compare and like i was like constantly like i was literally like competing against my old self and i literally kicked his butt in every way imaginable and so when i stepped when i stepped in the photo shoot i I knew i had accomplished what i wanted to accomplish and of course when the photos came out it was like it was so obvious like who who would have won if we were both on stage at the same time and when it comes to getting through this because i think even though bodybuilding's hard it's definitely an aggressive serious next level kind of thing sport especially when it comes to dieting but something that i talked about a lot on my post when when i was going through my prep was like like our circumstance cannot change our resolve i think so often we get so used to just going through the motions that we give our circumstances control of our choices. And we have to realize that the the control is not in the circumstance. The control is how you respond to your circumstance. And like, so if you're listening to this and like, you feel like everything's falling in around you, you're pro- you might be right, but that doesn't mean you have, you're still in control of how you respond. Are you going to put your arms up and try to keep the walls up? the best you can until it all blows over or are you going to let it fall on you and smash you like you have the choice of how you handle your situation no matter how bad or how good it is right now and i think that really resonated with me and that's where i talk like like 
motivation kind of went out the window. Like I, as I was talking before we started, like I was doing bicep curls with a broomstick that would bend while I was like using resistance bands on the ends. Like I was deadlifting with a broomstick and resistance bands. I was doing jump squats and then I was walking seven miles a day, like just doing crazy stuff. And it was literally like, I felt like a zombie. Like I was literally like going through the motions, but not in like a depressed way. I was going through the motions because like motivation wasn't a factor. I was just, I had a vision. I had a vision and I had a goal and I was going to be damned if anything was going to get in the way of that goal. And I refused to let my circumstance change my resolve. And I think really that's what got me through it was that mindset, that that level of focus. Because I think if I would have relied just on motivation, I would have quit when the show canceled, right? Because the photographer didn't say yes right away. Right? I had to figure all that out. And so... I think this is one of those times that motivation really shows us how fleeting it is and how it's an amazing starter sometimes. But if you don't have a deeper why or a deeper resolve within yourself, it's really hard to rely on motivation to get to where you want to be. I want to go back to something you were talking about a little bit ago about your proteins and your macros and things like that. Because we talked at the beginning about the Keto Man's Club beginners group, and we've got guys that are new to this and everything. And a lot of what you've talked about in the last little bit is definitely the higher level type stuff. So when somebody is wanting to do this and wanting to get into keto and all they think is I get to eat bacon and eggs and have a big old time. No, there's obviously a lot more to it. How does somebody dial into what they should, what their macros should be before you get into the, the stomach acid stuff and all of those kinds of things, where do you get them where do you point them to start figuring out where they need to begin? It's a good question. So there's a lot of really good macro calculators. I think we all know this, like Keto Savage, things like that. There's a bunch of them out there. But I think that I have a couple rules, right, when it comes. Like, I definitely think that the eggs and the bacon, while that's always like a running joke, like that's not just keto. I think that's a good place to start. I think that understanding that higher fat is always the way to go starting i think that it's going to help you get uh more fat adapted which basically means like your body's ability to process fats will become more efficient if you give your body a surplus of that form of energy i think too many people start off just eating like bacon and eggs and don't add any butter to it or they eat like really lean proteins and steaks they like fill themselves up and they're told that fat's a lever and what happens is is their body will get fat adapted but it takes longer because it's having to go to storage to use the primary fuel source you're trying to force it to use. Whereas if you start with higher fat, your body's going to have, it's like, it's, it's like, it's like a, a, a dripping water hose that your body has to like wait for like it to get through. And it's like, ah, or like cannonballing into a pool. It's like, ah, there's so much. Let's get really good at using this. And so one of the very first things I would tell them is don't be scared of fats, like add fats to your food, count total carbs, count total carbs just just trust me on this be in control of what you're eating track total carbs so i would definitely start in like the upper 75 to 80 percent fat track total carbs do less than 30 grams total carbs and then fill in the rest with protein and when it comes to calories like figure all that out i have a general rule of like so basically times your weight by by 10 and then multiply it by anywhere from 1.0 to 
to 1.9, 1.0 being you're a couch potato, and 1.9, you train you, you train for Ironmans. And then that gives you a decent idea of calories and then split up those in macros and stuff. And, and the reason why I'm, I'm trying to give like basic answers like that is because like I can't really like it, – it's so hard for the – for me when it comes to an individual to give like exact advice because someone could listen to this and then do all that those macros and their calories come out to like 4,000 but they've been eating a thousand for a year trying to lose weight on a carb base and that in that case they need to reverse diet right like giving them like the standard tips isn't going to work like they need to fix their metabolism so I don't know it, it I hope that that makes sense I hope that that gives them a general sense of direction but like it you have to be kind of vague because like everybody can be so different depending on where they're at in their journey. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And that's the thing that I think is a discouragement for, for both men and women when they're trying this out for the first time is they, they want to be on target and laser focused and everything. But then they didn't realize that this food item actually has sugar in it, even though it says no sugar. And then this doesn't fit this kind of thing. And so it's that really dialing in and figuring out and then realizing that, okay, it's okay to stumble at the start because you didn't know that this would impact that kind of thing. So 100%. And actually, I had a conversation with somebody today and, and we were talking about failing or giving up. And I said, listen, failing is when you say, I don't care anymore. And you throw down the towel, right? Like until that happens, you, you're going to make mistakes you have to learn how this is going to work, right? No one's perfect. And we all have to like figure out how this is going to work best for us. And so my, yeah, like I said, my, my, my big tips are higher fat, total carbs, fill in the rest with protein, be consistent. <laughs> we just want to make sure that the towel is not placed in front of an important body part and used in a before photo. So yes. Yes. Don't you throw were tell- that towel in. You were sharing that story and I was cringing. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So this whole journey has been really uh, transformative for you. You've been pretty vocal both uh, on your your social channel, well, on all of your social channels in the group and, and, and all of that stuff, that some of these things that you've been dealing with through the prep have actually triggered some of your old, well, and I won't even say old issues. I don't think you would say old issues. The issues that you continue to have with dysmor- uh, body dysmorphia and also your eating disorders. Tell, tell us a little bit about that and, and uh, dig into that a bit. Yeah, and that's one reason like I decided to like not do bodybuilding anymore. During this prep, while I love the challenge and I love the, I love the truth that it showed to me, it did reveal that like, for someone that like this is how I say it. For someone that like has done bodybuilding and develops an eating disorder through the bodybuilding, if you can learn how to like bodybuild better, whether it's switching to keto or whatever, and and then normally the eating disorder will fix itself. But when you're someone that's like had an eating disorder for like for like emotional childhood trauma reasons for over a decade and you try to bodybuild, for me at least, this personal, it really brought up it's really hard for me to control those negative thoughts and urges when I'm in such a deep deficit calorically. And then the reverse diet is like the first week at least is just monstrous hell. But yeah, it it definitely did. But it also showed me a lot, right? I will agree with you. I do not believe there's such thing as being fully recovered from like like a true lingering eating disorder. I feel like you're always in recovery because it's one of those demons that like, they're just waiting for a chance to, for you to listen to the voice, right? Like, 
they're just waiting to pounce. And like, as, as long as you uh, build up yourself in a way that that voice stays quiet, then you might be in recovery and never relapse for the rest of your life. And that's great. But I promise you, if you ever put yourself in a really negative place for weeks on end, who's to say that it wouldn't come back, right? And so that's why I always say you're always in constant recovery. And I haven't relapsed on my bulimia since September of 2018. So it's been almost two years that I've been in recovery. And it's been pretty crazy the, the past couple of weeks, especially. I think the reverse diet triggered more of it than the um, actual prep. Like the actual prep, man, I was laser focused. Like I didn't, I didn't care. Like I, w- I was not about to eat anything that off plan. Like my body was getting leaner every day. Like I wasn't, I didn't feel fat. I never felt fat. I always felt lean. I was always, I was always eating like whole foods, organ meats, high animal meats and proteins, very low carb vegetables, no sugar alcohols. Like my diet was like super clean. I never worried about anything. The reverse diet is really where it started to manifest more because like you deal with that initial blowback of like the the weekend after where you just like eat a lot and even though it's keto it still like makes you retain water and you wake up and you're not as lean as you were two days ago and those voices creep in like you're fat like what's wrong with you and of course like you have at, at my point I've built things to help me fight those thoughts like whether that's positive reinforcement whether that's self-care so I'll go take care of myself for the day I'll take the day off and like go for walks and like go get a haircut or whatever just take care of myself and and remind myself that I'm valuable and that I care about myself but like those thoughts definitely linger more and then of course like the urge to eat on a reverse diet is way worse than during a prep because even though I've been through a reverse diet before and I was much more prepared for this one there's definitely that level of like your ghrelin's going all over the place. You don't have a goal at the end of the day. Um, and, and of course, I'm not bodybuilding anymore. I don't need to be, I don't need to be super shredded at the end of this, right? Like I don't, I'm not going to do a lean bulk. Like I'm just, I just want to be healthy. I'm transitioning into marathon running and more of a lifestyle intuitive approach so that I can learn how to do that. I can spend more time with my wife and I can help my clients transition to that as well when they're done dieting and they hit their weight loss goals and all that good stuff. So it's definitely been an interesting transition and like dealing with the, the urges to want to overeat. And like I, for me, and I think this will help people. Like it comes down to asking what, what am I about to do is, is it self care or self harm? Am I about to harm myself or care for myself today? Like I had like two protein ice creams. Cause like if you make, you can make a protein ice cream. I figured out ways, dude, to like hunger hack this where like I can eat like an entire gigantic Nutribullet of protein ice cream and it, literally the whole thing's like 20 calories, but like it's full of junk, but it like, it keeps me from like overeating on my macros too much. But like I had one too many today and it really hurt my stomach. And at that point I've been practicing. And so it went off in my head, like, Hey, like you just did what you just did self-harm. Like you're in, you're in physical pain right now. Your stomach's in pain to satisfy a mental urge and so no more protein ice cream for a while and that's the switch i make because i care more about my body's health than i do about like temporary fixations on food and i think that that mental switch has definitely helped me like not relapse and have a binge because i haven't had a single binge yet like every food choice i've made this this reverse diet has been a conscious decision that's something i was proud of too with the prep was like I never went like everything, everything I ate, everything that went into my mouth was pre-planned, prepared, conscious decision was made. And like during my reverse diet, like everything I've eaten 
I've gone, I'm going to choose to eat this and I'm willing, and if it is over macros, I'm willing to deal with the consequences of that, right? And I'm, and I, and I'm okay with putting on a little bit of healthy weight. That's something I posted about today. What is health? Like, what is fit? What is, people actually stop to ask these questions. Like, is fit really having abs? Like, I know a lot of us like to have them, but like, do you really need abs to be fit and healthy and be happy with your life? Like, what does it even mean? Just asking questions like that and, and wrestling with those things, I think has really helped me develop a much more of a self-awareness at this point in my life than, I, than I've ever had. So we, we got to go back to one small point that you glossed over when, there, when you were talking there, and that was uh, running marathons. Oh, yeah. And I, yeah. <laughs> and I did see the post. I did see the post, but it's, it's an interesting uh, switch that, that you decided to, to make between bodybuilding and running. Yeah, so so what happened? See what happened was, I woke up the day after my photo shoot, and I went for a four mile run. And when I got back to the house, I felt so good. Like I felt uh, like I I just loved the whole run. And it br it brought me back to some memories when I first started losing weight when I was two hundred and sixty pounds when I was a teenager. Most of that weight, a lot of people don't know this. Most of that weight was lost for me running to school and back every day. Like I put my backpack on with my clothes for school in it, and I would run to my school from my house and I'd run back. It was like six miles a day I would run, and I and I, and so I fell in love with running. I, you know, I ran a lot when I first got married, and I just stopped doing it because of bodybuilding. Because like at first when you first start bodybuilding, it's like oh car cardio is gonna kill your gains if you jog too long i just stopped running and i don't know i just like something in my head clicked because i needed i i'm a fitness nut i'm a meathead and and, and y'all know this because y'all all work out like once you like once you fall in love with fitness and you fall in love with the process of challenge and, and and body change and body growth like you're addicted to it like you have to find some way to get it done and so i was thinking after that beautiful run okay what because I need a fitness goal anyways, right? What can I do that doesn't make me, I don't need to track every gram. I just need to eat enough. I need to make sure I'm eating keto, I'm eating healthy, right? And it's something that I can, it's a training that I can maintain. And I was like, I love running. Oh, dude, I could run marathons. <laughs> and so I, I messaged one of my friends, Frida. She's a good friend of mine and she does endurance training. And we talked and she said, yeah, you'd be good for it. You've got the mental toughness. You're, you've been fat adapted for many, many years you like to run and so let's do it and so i decided and of course i have to go balls to the walls because that's just the kind of man i am and so i said i'm gonna go for boston so i'm shooting for 2022 i want to be running in the boston marathon that year hopefully i have to get way faster but yeah <laughs> you don't have to get fat oh, i guess yeah you actually have to, qual you have to qualify for it so yeah you actually do have to get faster i have to get much faster yeah i'm not even close like and that's cool too. Like it's gonna be interesting because like my, my my strength training is gonna change. I told her two rules. One, I'm never gonna do a carb up because I just don't believe in them. Two, I have to be able to do deadlifts and back squat once a week so that I can just feel that level of weight and stress on my body so I don't feel like a total loser. But other than that, like my strength <laughs> training and like I'll, I'll I'm gonna get up to like eight or nine miles of running a day. And as and those are during the week. I have like a longer run during the weekends. Like my whole physique's gonna change. It's gonna be really exciting. I'm really excited for this new challenge. It's gonna be cool to see how my body changes, how my mentality changes. It'd be fun. Tell me about this photo shoot. And the reason I ask about it is with the struggles that you've had over the years, when you look at yourself now in these photos, do you find the good? Do you nitpick yourself? 
What do you, what do you see when those pictures come up for the first time? Man, you want me to be honest with you? As narcissistic No, I'd as rather the, you lie. Okay. <laughs> as narcissistic as this is going to sound, dude, I love myself. I that's Good. one thing I can say that's changed with my body. Like, don't get me wrong, like 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 the reverse diet messes with you because you don't want to lose what you worked so hard for, but then you have to realize that like, dude, you lost 50 pounds in 6 months and got under got under 12% body fat and like like that your body's going to rebound. You're going to put on a little bit of body fat and that's okay. Like your body's just being healthy. Like you're not doing anything wrong. You're not binge eating, right? But like outside of like dealing with those mental days where like I'm just more bloated and I'm just not happy with myself, outside of those moments, I'm so proud of myself. I'm so proud of what I've accomplished. I'm proud of my body today. I'm proud of my body. It's 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 dealing with this reverse diet very well. It's getting healthy. I feel better this week than I have in week like months my hunger is under control I'm not binge eating and I look at those photos to really answer your question directly and I'm so proud man I'm, I'm proud of the stretch marks I'm proud of the skin I'm proud of what I was able to accomplish I'm proud of the fact that my body I put it through so much for so long it's 260 pounds when I was 15 for for eight years I actively threw up and made stomach acid come up my esophagus and starved myself at times and then ate to the point to where my stomach was stretched so much that it was painful indigestion like I made my body go through a lot of hard moments to please the mental disorders that I had and to see that it's been able to fight for me and that it was able to accomplish what I wanted it to accomplish and, and being able to visualize that and see that in photos, it makes me so happy. And it's funny because like about about three weeks before the photo shoot, I had really gotten to a point where I was leaner than I'd ever been in my life. And I started to notice like extra skin. And of course, I, I have friends that are much, have lost way more weight than me. They just snicker. They're like, dude, you don't have extra skin. You just look lean. And I'm like, well, you don't think that because you're comparing me to you. I'm comparing me to me. I have extra skin. I could get down to 5% body fat and I will not, my abs will not look like as shredded as most guys that have been bodybuilding naturally that weren't 260 pounds. Like my abs just won't be there like there's like, it's very obvious, right? And like, I think at first it was kind of like a punch. I didn't realize that was going to be the case. But I, like I said, I, I looked at it and I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with the battle scars and how I was able to like show them off. And so getting getting to the photo shoot and like i even took photos i made some posts i took some photos of me like dr like pulling my extra skin i those are my favorite photos because like it that was that was me to myself confirming that i love this body that i fit in and it doesn't have to be super shredded it doesn't have to be i don't have to have abs year round my body just has to do what I want to do and feel good. And I want to love it and I want it to love me. And as long as that's going on, I'm confident and I'm happy. And that really changed the way I look at a lot of things. This Speaking of how much this prep changed me, that's where, where, where I want my brand to go, like my business. Like, yeah, I want, I want, people, I want to help people lose weight, but like I want people to, 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 to be healthy, like, like not super shredded, not like, like, like not a particular weight goal, but like I want them to be able to do what they want to do and do what they love and love themselves and their body love them and be healthy because like that's the place I've found and it is such a tranquil place to be. Good answer. Well, thank you. So you've come through a lot on this and, and it's taught you a lot about yourself. Would you, and, and you may have kind of hinted on this a little bit, but 
would you recommend a bodybuilding competition to other people or what would it take to be willing to say, no, this is a a good fit for you where you are. Talk us through some of your logic on that type of thing. That's a great question. So I definitely think that it is a, it's a mental challenge and it's something that's going to push you past just motivation. At some point it's going to happen. Like motivation is going to go out the window, whether it's the last week or life happens, right? If you really want to challenge yourself and you want to see if you've got the grit I think everybody should try it. I don't care if you are trying to lose 300 pounds and you might have extra skin when you get on stage. Like if you want, if you have the inkling of wanting to try it, you should totally try it. I think a couple things that would, from a health perspective, mental health perspective, if you have bench tendencies, then I wouldn't do it because then you're then most people tend to binge throughout the prep and then they don't get what they want and then it's just it's just a nasty event. Uh, nasty environment and like it just scars them really i've seen it i would definitely like make sure that you're in a place that you're in control of your food that you have a you have a decent relationship with your food because like while my first prep motivated me to start my second prep my first prep wasn't that good like i binged a couple times during it and then my reverse diet was terrible obviously i relapsed on my bulimia and stuff and so I definitely think that there's a certain mental place you need to be if you want to start a competition prep. Hormonally, from from a hormonal perspective, I definitely think hormones should be in check. I think that if you have low testosterone and you're not on TRT or you're not doing something and it's not getting higher, then you do not want to do a bodybuilding prep. Not just because you probably won't get to the leanness you want to get to because your hormones will tank faster than they'll allow you to burn body fat. But also everything else will quit working like everything like your motivation the ego that you need like not in a negative way but like ego as in terms of like hey i got this i can do this all that will just go out the window really early in the prep so i definitely think that hormone health and i think that food relationship both have to be in a good place to start a prep but i think if those two things are good i don't see why you should at least at least try it once would you coach someone if they asked you to coach them to do a bodybuilding prep? 100%. I'm coaching somebody right now. Yeah, I would do it. I'm, oh, fantastic. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Uh, why? What's up? <laughs> no, no, nothing at all. Like, I was just saying, because you were talking about how you, how you were building your brand and you, you were you know, developing overall health. And so I was like, hmm, that would be interesting if someone approached you and said, well, I want to I do what you did since you had the experience. I was just curious if you would, uh, if you would take that challenge on. Yeah, I would. I would because like, the mental health of a bodybuilder matters to me a lot. Like I, mental health of, of the general population matters to me very much. So, uh, but because I've been in that, that prep space, especially like if with body dysmorphia and being super obese or, or being obese um, and eating disorders, right. All three of those, like if a man comes to me that can resonate with me and wants to bodybuild, like uh, I would be honored to walk them through that process because I know that when the mental games come, I can help resonate with them and help them wrestle with those things and see if we need to pull the plug or press the gas pedal or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah, I think you would bring a very unique perspective that, would, that wouldn't would be able to be offered by many other coaches. Well, I appreciate that. It's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. I might cry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need a towel. Time stamp it. <laughs> I don't think you want that towel. <laughs> <laughs> So, so other, 
<laughs> than running a really, really long race in a, a city on the other side of the, the, the country. What, what else is, is in the plans for Jonathan Chain? So, like I said, I'm graduating as a nutritional therapist practitioner in June. I'm going to be doing a cool, I think KetoCon's still trying to do like this video speech thing. Yes, 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 yes. And so I'm going to get to record my talk still. We're still waiting on what that's going to look like. So I haven't made anything because I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. So we're still waiting on that. Hope Maybe by the time this comes out, we'll have more information. And then I know that once the lockdown's over, I plan on pushing. I'm, I'm doing some like missionary slash um, nutrition work in the Philippines, helping them like develop overall health and like God's sight because God cares about their bodies, their vessels, their maidenism images. We should care for them. And then like I use my nutritional therapy education to kind of like help promote that and educate them. So hopefully towards the latter part of the year, I want to be able to take my first trip over there to have my first seminar that was scheduled for July, but that's not going to happen because of the COVID thing. Yeah, those are really the, the, the big things that are going on right now. That and I'm going to be running uh, a really long race on the other side of the world. Very cool. That that mission thing is. Uh, you've you've been over there once before. You're, yeah, the pictures were amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I would say in the past two years, two really big moment, two really big like pinnacle events in my life were this past competition prep, and then that mission trip. Both of those really altered um, the way I view myself, the way I view the world. One hundred percent. It was crazy. Yeah, very cool. Well, you're going to make a huge impact on those those people in that locale. And and those types of things have, especially in countries like the Philippines, you, you may only touch a couple hundred lives directly, but that stuff gets spread around in those small mm-hmm. communities so quickly that it will uh, absolutely be life-changing in that country, I, I believe. So that's really, really cool. Yeah, man. Very cool. Okay, well, we we have at least been talking for an hour at this point, so let's go ahead and get your contact uh, information. How can people connect with you, with your coaching business, social, and all that? Yeah, my website is theketoroad.com. Go on there if you just want some basic keto advice, you want to get coaching. I got a newsletter that's free, Tip Tuesday send out a tip every Tuesday. I try to, I have a blog, I have, day, I have a health devotional, I try to give as much as I can. And then Instagram at the Keto Road, Facebook slash the Keto Road, TikTok at the Keto Road, what, what, and then <laughs> the Keto Road at gmail.com. <laughs> so yeah, just any of those, don't be shy. You can ask, there's no such thing as a dumb question for me. If you want to ask something, something comes off on your mind, come, comes up on your mind where you listen to this, please feel free. Don't be shy. Very cool. Well, you can connect with the three of us, well, the four of us through the Facebook group, uh, but you can also connect with the three hosts through links that are on our website. The website is theketomansclub.com, and you can get all sorts of links there, including both of the Facebook groups, the Facebook page for the podcast, subscription links for both Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts, and the list kind of goes on from there. So all of our social information for the, the podcast and us personally is there. So just remember that, the 
keto-mansclub.com, and that will get you uh, through our link tree to everywhere else that you can connect with us. So that's a great resource for you. We want to hear from you. One of the ways that, that you can reach out to us is through our Instagram, at Keto Man's Club Podcast, and you can just message us there. But you can also leave us a voicemail, 512-518-6161. That number again is 512-518-6161. Call, leave a voicemail, and ask a question, leave a comment. Uh, Who knows, it might get used on the podcast at some point. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, You can also email us at ketomansclubpodcast at gmail.com. So that's uh, got every way under the sun, basically, to get in contact with us, and we would love to hear from you. With that being said, any any final business to attend to, Jim? I am good. Uh, just grateful for the ongoing growth of the groups and uh, keep checking it out. Absolutely, I agree. Well, that's it for this week. Until next week, make sure to eat meat, lift heavy, sleep, and repeat. Thank you for joining us for the Keto Man's Club podcast. Your support means the world to us. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. You can find the podcast on all podcast platforms. Would you help spread the word by sharing this episode with a friend or family member that you think might find value in it? You can also help spread the word by leaving a comment or rating on Apple Podcasts. If you would like to connect with us, you can do so a number of ways. First, you can visit our website for all of our social media links, show links, Facebook group, and pages. The website is theketomansclub.com. You can also connect with us on Instagram by following at Keto Man's Club Podcast. You can email us at Keto Man's Club Podcast at gmail.com. And lastly, you can leave us a voicemail at 512-518-6161. Thank you again for joining us, and we look forward to hanging out with you again next week. 